first immediate response team member and the officer who drove to Yundamu with Constable Zach Rolfe the night he shot Kumanjai Walker has taken the stand at his colleague's murder trial. Welcome to Yundamu the Trial. I'm Kristen Shorten from The Australian and I'm joined as always by Matt Cunningham who was at the Supreme Court in Darwin today. Firstly, Matt, why was court delayed this morning? Well, there was about a 90-minute delay and the court was closed um, through that period this morning. Uh, when the court was reopened, uh, the judge, Justice John Burns, uh, told us that uh, there had been a juror who had been discharged. So that meant uh, that there had to be uh, someone else elected to the jury from the reserve. Remembering at the beginning of this trial, uh, there were 12 jurors and two reserves selected. So one of those reserves was actually uh, selected to be placed on the jury and that delayed the start of proceedings for about an hour and and a half this morning. Now, yesterday I had said that Constable First Class Bree Bonnie would retake the stand this morning, but I learned today that her brief evidence had in fact finished. So, Matt, who was the first witness today? So the first person to take the stand was uh, Derek Williams. Now, he's a senior Aboriginal community uh, police officer. Uh, They're known as ACPOs here in the Northern Territory, and they're basically people who liaise between the police force and the community uh, in uh, remote Aboriginal communities. So uh, he told the court he'd been in ACPO since uh, 2006. He started out in Papunya. He spent time in Alice Springs, and then uh, he'd been uh, in Yundamu as an ACPO for about 10 or 11 years. And how did he know Walker? So Walker was actually Derek Williams' nephew um, and he told the court, he was asked more about that relationship. He said uh, that uh, his grandfather is a Walker and that his grandfather had two wives, one being his grandmother and the other one uh, was uh, Kumanjai Walker's great-grandmother. And what did he say Kumanjai Walker was like? Uh, he described him as quite a shy young fella, someone uh, who never talked much. Uh, he was asked if he knew Kumanjai Walker's mother. He said he did. Uh, he was asked whether Kumanjai Walker's mother, uh, when she was pregnant, sniffed petrol, and he said yes, that had been the case. He said um, that Kumanjai Walker was a bit slow. There are also questions asked about a woman named Leanne Oldfield. Now we know, and the court has now been told, that Leanne Oldfield uh, was not Kumanjai Walker's uh, actual biological mother, but she was someone who looked after him like a mother. That's right. And had ACPO Derek Williams had ever had to arrest Walker before? Uh, he had, and he was asked about uh, those arrests. He said that uh, he arrested him probably uh, four times between 2018 and 2019. He was asked whether uh, he tried to run when uh when ACPO Derek Williams had, had tried to arrest him, and he said uh, that that wasn't the case. In fact, he was asked what he was like when he had tried to arrest him, and he said he'd actually been happy. He said when I when I went to arrest him, he said I'll, I'll jump in with you uh, in the police vehicle because you're my family. And he was also asked where he sat in that police vehicle. He told the court that he sat in the front seat as he was taken back to the police station. That's right, and. Williams said he called me uncle and there were no issues between me and him. Now, we heard from Lottie Robertson last week, who was the grandmother of Rakesha Robertson, Kumanjai Walker's girlfriend, that she hadn't seen Walker at his grandfather's funeral on Saturday, November 9. Did Akbo Derek Williams see Walker there? He did. He told the court he'd had the day off to attend that funeral and that while he'd been attending that funeral at the basketball courts in Yundamu, he had seen Kumanjai Walker there. Now, Williams told the court that he had heard about the fatal police shooting later that evening while still at his uncle's burial. He went back to House 577 to see what had happened there before going to the police station. What did he do at the Yundamu police station? Well, he was asked if he went outside while he was at the police station. He said that he confirmed that he did. He said uh, he was asked why he did that. And he said to calm everybody down because people were yelling and screaming and that they wanted to throw rocks at the station. 
Thanks, Matt. Now, the next witness was Senior Constable First Class Adam Donaldson. Why was he sent to Yundamu with the IRT on Saturday, November 9? So he was a member of the dog operation unit at Alice Springs, and, and he was deployed uh, with his dog. We found out that his dog's name uh, is, in fact, uh, Lockie. So he told the court uh, that he joined the anti-police in 2007, that he'd started with the dog operations unit in 2016, and that uh, there'd been this request for uh, the dog handler and the dog to be sent uh, to Yundamu with the IRT. He'd been asked whether he'd worked with the IRT uh, before or been asked to give support to the IRT. He said he may have been once, but it wasn't um, a regular thing. Now, he travelled alone um, with his dog to uh, Yundamu. He was actually uh, the first person to arrive at uh, Yundamu Police Station. He arrived there about 10 minutes before 6pm on the 9th of November. And what happened when he arrived at Yundamu Police Station? So he said he spoke to Sergeant Julie Frost. Of course, she's the officer in charge at the Yundamu Police Station. He said that she gave him uh, an email about uh, this arrest plan uh, to arrest the person they'd been sent there to arrest, who, of course, uh, was Kumanjai Walker. Um, he, he was shown some photos of CCTV footage that was taken uh, in uh, the muster room at the Yundamu Police Station uh, on that night. You can see him being uh, handed a piece of paper and he confirmed that that was a copy of the email of that arrest fr- plan that Julie Frost uh, had handed to him. Um, he was asked if he read it uh, and he said uh, that he had. He was also asked uh, if he'd watched the body-worn video footage of the axe incident that had occurred on the 6th of November, three days prior. Uh, he confirmed that he had, that Sergeant Julie Frost had shown him that video there at the Yundamu police station. He said that that was the first time he'd seen that video. Up until that, that point, uh, he hadn't seen uh, the video of that axe incident. And at about quarter past six that evening, Donaldson left the Yundamu police station. Where did he go then? Well, he went on a drive around Yundamu. He want, he said he wanted to get uh, basically oversight of the community, a feel for the community before it got dark. He, he'd been One of the things they'd been tasked with, of course, um, was uh, this issue of break-ins at the nurses' quarters. He said he wanted to go and see the nurses' quarters uh, to see, you know, to just to get a lay of the land, basically. Um, so he went out and, and took that drive uh, around uh, Yundamu. He said that while he was out there, he got a call from uh, James Kirstenfeld, a member of the immediate response team, telling him uh, that they'd just arrived back uh, at the, or, or that he, James Kirstenfeld and Constable Zachary Rolfe, two of the members of the IRT, uh, had arrived at the Yundamu police station and, and that he should uh, come back to the come back to the station. That's right, Matt. And Donaldson said that when he got back to Yundamu Police Station, uh, the IRT was there and everyone was in the muster room of the police station, including Chris Hand, Felix Alafeo and Sergeant Julie Frost, and they were all standing around a map. What did he say happened when he and the IRT left the police station just after 7pm? Well, he said that they went to uh, House uh, 577. Now, he said that so when they went there, um, basically he wasn't going to go inside. It was it was his plan um, to wait outside um, because uh, they knew about Kumanjai Walker's tendency to run when he was confronted uh, and his job was to wait outside with the dog uh, so that if Kumanjai Walker had have been there at House 577, he would have had the dog waiting outside uh, and that if Kumanjai Walker had tried to flee as he'd done three days prior, then the dog could be used to chase after him. 
Had Donaldson read Sergeant Frost's email before arriving at Yundamu? And what did he know about this 5am arrest plan? Oh, he hadn't read um, that email. He said that the first that he'd seen of the email was when he was handed um, that physical copy that he was given in the muster room uh, at the Yundamu police station. Um, But he was asked specifically about the discussions that took place uh, inside uh, the Yundamu police station. He was was asked, was there any discussion about... um, about affecting the arrest of, of Kumanjai Walker the following morning at 5am. Um, and he said, no, not at that time. He was asked, when you left, what was your understanding of what the IRT might be? And he said, uh, we were going to look for where Kumanjai Walker might be as there wasn't any intelligence as to where he was. Um, and so we were going to look at House 577 um, and see if he was there. He was also asked, what was your understanding if you found him? And he said his understanding was to arrest him. The Crown then called Acting Sergeant Felix Alafeo, who we've heard so much about already. Was he based at Yundamu Station in November 2019? Uh, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't based at Yundamu Police Station. He'd ba- been based there previously, but he wasn't that at that time. But he told the court that he um, spent a lot of time working in remote communities, in, including um, Haas Bluff, uh, and, and also that he'd been spending time in Nirupi, um dealing with some issues out there. That's right, Matt. And he had done a stint in Yundamu from 2017 to around mid-2018. How did Acting Sergeant Alafeo know Kumanjai Walker? Well, he knew him from his dealings with him when he had been based at, at Yundamu. Um, he was asked if he knew people in the community. He said yes. Asked if he knew Kumanjai Walker. Said yes. He was also asked if he, he had arrested him before. He confirmed that he had, but he couldn't remember how many times. Uh, he was asked if he had any trouble in the past when he tried to arrest Kumanjai Walker. He, um, like Derek Williams, said no, that he hadn't. He was asked if Kumanjai Walker had run away. Um, and he said there's, there was also always a risk that he would run away. um, because there was a time, there was a time when they tried to arrest him um, and he had run off. But he was ever asked if he'd ever used violence uh, when they tried to arrest him and he said no, that that he hadn't. Now, Acting Sergeant Alafeo was asked about the body-worn video of the axe incident. What did he think when he saw that? Well, he said he couldn't believe it. Um, he said he said he couldn't believe um, what he'd seen Kumanjai Walker do in that video. He said um, he didn't expect him to run off uh, with an axe like that. Um, he was asked whether he was surprised after watching that video and he said yes, that he was. Did Acting Sergeant Alafeo recall much about the IIT's arrival at the station and their briefing by Sergeant Frost? Um, not a great deal. Um, he was asked whether um, Sergeant Frost had said anything about the IIT IRT coming and um, he said yes she said they were coming to help with the arrest of Kumanjai Walker Uh, he was also asked did she ask you to help what did she say about that and that he had said he would told he he had told them that he would stay in Yundamu uh, and help and then uh, he said were you there when the uh, IRT members came into the station Uh, and he confirmed that he was. What was the plan for Alafeo that night and through to the next morning? Well, the plan for him was to actually um, stay back at the station. So um, there's discrepancy, obviously, between what's in the written operational plan of Julie Frost, which doesn't have these IRT members going out until 11pm and and the actual plan, um, you know, that that took place. But we know that the members of of the IRT are left... um, 
the Yundamu police station at about 7.05pm. So at that stage, um, Sergeant Alafeo had been told to wait back at the station, at Yundamu police station, um, and that if uh, members of the IRT did happen to arrest Kumanjai Walker while they were out doing their intelligence gathering, um, that he was to be there at the station, back at the station, to assist them when they brought him back. That's right. And Alifayo said that he was not asked to accompany the IRT to gather intelligence. Um, the final question to Alifayo was, were you, were you there when Kumanjai Walker passed away? And he said, yes, he was. We then heard from the first immediate response team member, Constable First Class James Kirstenfeld, who was deployed to Yundamu with Rolf and the rest of the IRT on November 9. He was also in Rolf's PJ5 and had searched for Walker in Alice Springs with Constable Rolf and other PJ members on November 7. What did he know about why he was being deployed to Yundamu on November 9? Well, he knew that uh, they were going to arrest Kumanjai Walker, that he was an arrest target uh, that he had been for a week or so before, and uh, his understanding was that their job uh, was to go out there, uh, arrest Kumanjai Walker and bring him back to Alice Springs. Kirsten Felt said he drove a police Hilux out to Yundamu with Rolf as a passenger. What does he remember about what they talked about, what they took and what the plan was when they got there? Well, not much at all, really. Uh, he said that he drove out there in that Hilux with Constable Rolf uh, and that uh, Constable Adam Eberl and Constable Anthony Hawkins uh, drove behind them. He said they had a single cab 79 series, so they were a bit slower. He was asked how long it took to drive from Alice Springs to Yundamu. He said about three and a half to four hours. He said he was asked asked directly by Philip Strickland SC, uh, the prosecution counsel, did you speak to Constable Rolf about what you were going to do when you got out there? And he simply replied, no. What did Kirsten Felt say he discussed with Sergeant Frost when they arrived at Yundamu? Well, on a number of occasions, he gave uh, an answer that he did not recall when he was asked about um, his discussions uh, with Julie Frost uh, at the Yundamu police station. He was asked uh, about that email and whether uh, he'd been uh, given a copy of that email, the same email that had been given uh, to Adam Donaldson. Uh, he said that he couldn't recall being given uh, a copy of that particular email. He was asked about uh, some of the specifics. He was asked about what Julie Frost had uh, said in relation to Kumanjai Walker and he'd said um, that uh, she had said, look, if you see him, uh, lock him up. Um, he, was also, he also said that there'd been a discussion about radios uh, in the station and that Sergeant Julie Frost had said to him that they didn't use the radios at Yundamu, um, they didn't communicate properly with Alice Springs. Um, he said that they'd said to her that they weren't going to go out on a job without radios uh, and so um, and so they basically got the radios and, and got them working so that they could take them out and communicate with one another. And he was also asked specifically about this idea of the 5am arrest plan as, and as to whether Julie Frost um, had detailed in that 5am arrest plan, or in, in that briefing, sorry, whether um, whether she'd communicated with them uh, that plan to arrest uh, Kumanjai Walker at 5am the next morning uh, and he actually said he didn't recall. Uh, he was also taken through some um, CCTV footage from the station and shown some stills, shown some stills of a piece of paper that he had in his hand. He was asked whether, um, you know, he knew what that paper was, whether that was the email. Again, he said that he, he didn't recall. That's right. Some of the things that he did recall, though, Kirsten Felt said he was asking Sergeant Frost what houses Kumanjai might be at, which family members would likely hide him, who in the community didn't like Kumanjai Walker and might give him up. Um, and they, he said 
we were just trying to get info out of her um, about what what they were to do that night. Was Kirsten felt aware that there were no medical staff in the community by the time that the IRT arrived? Uh, yeah, he was aware. Um, he was asked, did Julie Frost mention anything about the nurses? He says he, that um, he was aware that there, were, that there had been those nurses in the community. He said, Julie Frost had, had told me that they were sick of the break-ins, that Kumanjai Walker ran a crew of breakers, he described them, and that they were sick of being broken into and that they'd left the community. He was then asked, did you have a bit of a laugh about the fact that there were no nurses there? And he said no. And that concluded proceedings for today, Matt. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Yundamu The Trial. We'll be back tomorrow with Day 8 of The Queen vs Zach Rolf. If you've been enjoying our coverage of The Trial, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Yundamu The Trial. If you want to access ongoing coverage of The Trial, please subscribe to The Australian and listen via our app. Subscribers of The Australian will have access to our full coverage of The Trial across all devices. Yundamu The Trial is presented and produced by me, Kristen Shorten and Matt Cunningham. It's produced and edited by Leah Semaglu and Claire Harvey is our editorial director. This podcast was made possible by subscribers to The Australian. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.